إن الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور أنفسنا وسيئات أعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له وأشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له وأشهد أن محمدا عبده ورسوله so now then we've done the first five pillars of Iman. We've covered the Iman in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We've covered Iman in the angels, Iman in the books, Iman in the prophets, and Iman in the day of judgment. We now begin... With Iman in the decree, the sixth pillar, Iman in the decree of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This section will take a few lectures, several lectures to go over the topics regarding the decree in a reasonable amount of detail. So we'll begin firstly with a brief introduction into the Qadr and the Qadha and the meaning of the decree and then move into various points regarding it. Ibn al-Qayyim rahimahullah ta'ala mentioned that regarding the decree he said بَحْرٌ لَا سَاحِلَ لَهُ وَلَا خُرُوجَ عَنْهُ لِأَحَدٍ مِنَ الْعَالَمِينَ That the decree, it is an ocean that has no beaches and there is no exit from it for anyone in the creation. وشرع فيه سفينة النجاة من ركبها نجا ومن تخلف عنها فهو من المغرقين and that the sharia the legislation of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala it is the ship of salvation it is the boat of salvation in that vast ocean that has no edges to it. The sharia is the ship, the boat, the ark of salvation. Whomsoever rides upon it is saved and whomsoever lags behind and does not board, then they will be from those who are drowned. This is how Ibn al-Qayyim rahimahullah ta'ala explained the decree, or this is the example of the decree that he gave. It is like an ocean that has no edges, no beaches, ocean that continues 
and there is no exit from it for anyone from the creation. And the legislation, the sharia of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that is the ark, that is the boat, the ship of salvation. Whomsoever boards it is saved, and whomsoever stays back, then they are drowned. Ibn Abbas, Abdullah ibn Abbas, radiyallahu anhuma said, huwa nidhamu at-tawheed, faman wahadallah, wa amana bilqadr, thumma tamma tawheeduhu, waman wahadallah, wa kathaba bilqadr, naqasa tawheeduhu. Ibn Abbas radiallahu anhuma said that the decree it is the organization or the boundary or the basis upon which Tawheed is established. And so whomsoever has the Tawheed of Allah Subhanahu wa ta'ala singles out Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and believes in the decree, then his tawheed is complete. But whomsoever singles out Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala but denies and rejects the decree, then that is a great deficiency in his tawheed. It is incomplete, his tawheed, if he rejects the decree and denies or belies the decree. In Arabic then, we have two words, Al-Qadr and Al-Qadha. There are these two words, which are mentioned regarding the decree, Al-Qadr wal-Qadha. Al-Qadha, the word Al-Qadha, linguistically it has a lot of meanings. The word Al-Qadha, linguistically it has a lot of meanings. Tarji'u. إلى إنهاء الشيء وإتقانه وتمامه. And all of those meanings that the word qada has in the Arabic language, they all return back to the meaning of completing something and making it precise and perfecting it. Qada has many linguistic meanings, but they all return back to the point of completion and perfection and precision in something. Ibn al-Athir mentioned, that as Zuhri mentioned, al-Qadha fi ala that the word al-Qadha Linguistically has many different angles to it. 
مَرْجِعُهَا All of them, they emanate from, they return back to the meaning of انْقِطَاعُ الشَّيْءِ Cutting off, finishing, completing something وَتَمَامِهِ And completing it and perfecting it. That is the linguistic meaning of the word qada. Because when we talk about the decree in Arabic, you hear it as al-qada wal-qadr or al-qadr wal-qada. Those are the two words. So that is the meaning of the first al-qada, linguistically. As for al-qadr, linguistically, then it is the masdar from the verb qadara yaqduru fahuwa min at-taqdir ay al-ihatah bil-miqdar and al-qadr it linguistically means a type of encompassment that you encompass that amount or that quantity, that item, the encompassment of it. Islamically speaking, what do these words mean though? Al-Qadha wal-Qadr. Islamically speaking, what do they mean? Some of the scholars have said that Al-Qadha and Al-Qadr, both of them mean the one and the same thing. Some have said that Al-Qadha and Al-Qadr, both of them, both words mean the same thing. And that they are basically synonyms. Both of them have the same meaning. But some of them have said that they are like those words that when they are mentioned together, then each one of them has an independent meaning. But when they are mentioned separately, each one encompasses the other. For example, Islam and Iman, both of them individually have meanings. Islam in reference to the outer actions, Iman in reference to the inner. So independently they have their meanings. But when mentioned by themselves, you say Iman, this person has Iman then obviously you mean he is upon Islam, means the same, encompasses it. And if you say this person is upon Islam, he is a Muslim, so he's upon Iman. So when they are mentioned separately by themselves, they encompass the other one. But when you mention them together, this person, Islam and Iman, like in the hadith of Jibreel, then Islam has its meaning, the apparent actions, and Iman has its meaning, the inner affairs. So some of the scholars say this is like that. That Al-Qadha and Al-Qadr, 
each one has its independent meaning, but when mentioned separately, each one covers and encompasses the other in the meaning too. So if they are separate, then they encompass each other, and they mean basically, عِلْمُ اللَّهِ بِالْأَشْيَاءِ وَكِتَابَتِهِ لَهَا وَمَشِئَتِهِ وَخَلْقِهِ لَهَا They mean, عِلْمُ اللَّهِ بِالْأَشْيَاءِ That Allah's knowledge encompasses all of the affairs. وَكِتَابَتُهُ لَهَا and that Allah wrote down all of the things that are going to happen. وَمَشِئَتُهُ And the will of Allah for the affairs to occur. The different types of will which we'll get to later on. And خَلْقُهُ لَهَا That Allah created it all. If mentioned independently, then that's what they encompass each other upon. Al-Qada and Al-Qadr in that case are referring to the knowledge of Allah that encompasses everything, the writing of all of this decree that it was written down, the will of Allah for what occurs, and the creation of Allah of all of this decree and what is within it, all of the creation. But... If they are mentioned together, Al-Qadr wal-Qadha, then in this case we said each one does have its slightly independent meaning from each other. So what are the slightly independent meanings of each other from each other? In that case, Al-Qadr huwa at-taqdeer fil-azl. Al-Qadr is the decree of everything that is to be, that has always been there, the decree that, that Allah has, al- has always known, Allah has always known and it's always been there, the decree, and the Qadha is then the occurrence of all of that. So right now, we are in that decree and this is happening. Was it known to Allah this was going to happen and this gathering was going to occur? Of course. So, that initial status is the qadr. The qada is the occurrence of everything now following through on that qadr. That it's now being created and occurring. So in that case, it's like the qadr is the foundation, the basis, all of the decree. It's the foundation, and then the qada is like the building that is built upon the foundation. You have a foundation, the building is only gonna build on that foundation upwards. So you have the qadr, and then you have the qada occurring upon it. So that's what some of them say in the difference. Others they say, that actually al-qada, it means the command of Allah, the, the forever command of Allah. And the Qadr is the occurrence of it. 
So in essence, that is almost the other way around. So you have that opinion too. That is just some of the definitions regarding the words. Essentially the key point to note over there was the point regarding what they mean independently by themselves when they cover the other one as well. And that was the four key points. That Allah's knowledge encompasses everything. That it was all written down. That it is by the will of Allah. And then it is the creation of Allah. Those four points, keep a note of those. They will become very important as we move along. Firstly then, the first subsection, what is the ruling on believing in the decree? What is the ruling on believing in the decree and the evidences for it? The ruling is very clear. It is absolutely obligatory to believe in the decree. It is wajib. We must have iman in the decree of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It is one of the six pillars of iman. And the evidences for it are multiple. Several, many evidences proving that the belief in the decree is an obligation and that it is one of the pillars of iman. We've already covered many times before the hadith of Jibreel. In the hadith of Jibreel, when Jibreel said to the Prophet iman, tell me about iman. And then the Prophet listed all of the six pillars and the last pillar was belief in the decree. Similarly, Surah Al-Qamr, Ayah 49 إِنَّا كُلَّ شَيْءٍ خَلَقَنَاهُ بِقَدْرٍ Allah said, indeed we created everything by the decree. Indeed we created everything upon the decree. In Al-Ahzab 38, وَكَانَ أَمْرُ اللَّهِ قَدَرًا مَقْدُورًا that the command of Allah, the affair of Allah, it is a decree that is decreed. The affair, the command of Allah, all of that is a decree that is decreed. And if that be the case, then certainly it is obligatory upon us to have iman in it. And there are other examples, Al-Mursalat 22 and 23. إِلَىٰ قَدَرٍ مَعْلُومٍ فَقَدَرْنَا فَنِعْمَ الْقَادِرُونَ In reference again to that decree and that Allah is the one who decrees all of these evidences highlighting the decree and therefore highlighting the need to believe and have iman in the decree. Other evidences we've already mentioned in the sunnah the hadith of Jibreel. Then we have also 
another narration from Tawus. أَنَّهُ قَالْ أَدْرَكْتُ نَاسًا مِنْ أَصْحَابِ رَسُولِ اللَّهِ صلى الله عليه وسلم يقولون He said, I came across people from the companions of the Messenger صلى الله عليه وسلم. They would say, كُلُّ شَيْءٍ بِقَدْرٍ Everything is upon the decree. And then he said, وَسَمِعْتُ عَبْدَ اللَّهِ إِبْنْ عُمَرِ يَقُولُ That I heard Abdullah ibn Umar say that the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, كُلُّ شَيْءٍ Everything is upon the decree. Everything with the decree. حَتَّى الْعَجْزَ وَالْكَيْسِ أو الكيس والعجز Even the lethargy A person's laziness or weakness And a person's energetic state and activity All of the affairs They are upon the decree of Allah Subhanahu wa ta'ala Similarly in the narration of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam in Muslim, he said, Al-mu'minu al-qawiyyu khayrun wa ahabbu ila Allahi min al-mu'min al-za'if. That a strong believer is better and more beloved to Allah than a weak believer. Wa fi kullin khayr. But in all of them there is goodness. Ihris ala ma yanfa'ak. Strive upon that which will benefit you. Wasta'im billah wa la ta'ajaz. And seek aid and assistance from Allah. And do not become weak and feeble. And lose your energy in striving. وَإِنْ أَصَابَكَ شَيْءٍ And if something happens to you, فَلَا تَقُلْ Then do not say, لَوْ أَنِّي فَعَلْتُ That if only I had done such and such, كَانَ كَذَا وَكَذَا Then it would have been such and such different. If only I had done such and such, then it wouldn't have been this and it would have been that. Do not say that. The Prophet said in the narration, وَلَكِنْ قُلْ But rather say, قَدَّرَ اللَّهُ وَمَا شَاءَ فَعِلْ That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has decreed, and what He wills, He does. فَإِنَّ لَوْ تَفْتَحُ عَمَلَ الشَّيْطَانِ For indeed saying, if only... If only this and if only that, it opens up the door to shaitan. And so you see there, that the Prophet ﷺ told us, say that it is what Allah has decreed and whatever Allah wills, then He does. Also, we have... On top of the evidences of the Qur'an you've seen there, 
and the evidences of the sunnah you've seen there, we also have a consensus of Ahlus sunnah a consensus of the ummah upon the decree and the belief in the decree. That is a brief overview and introduction regarding the decree. Now then we move on to the actual core chapters regarding the decree. And the first core chapter here is Mu'taqad Ahli Sunnah Wal Jama'a Fi Babil Qadr. The Aqeedah of Ahlu Sunnah Wal Jama'a regarding the topic of the decree. What is the Aqeedah of Ahlu Sunnah Wal Jama'a regarding the decree? It is possible for us to summarize the belief of Ahlu Sunnah Wal Jama'a regarding the decree in a few foundational points. We can summarize the belief of Ahlu Sunnah regarding the decree in a few foundational key elements. The first one is that we believe, Ahlu Sunnah Wal Jama'ah believe that everything that happens, anything and everything that occurs, then it is within the bounds of the knowledge of Allah and the writing and the will and the creation of Allah. Anything, everything that occurs is within the framework of those four points. The knowledge of Allah, the writing of all of that decree in the preserved tablet, the will of Allah upon it to occur, and the creation of Allah for it to occur. Anything and everything in creation is within those four aspects. That is the first foundation in our belief regarding the decree. The first foundation in our belief regarding the decree is that everything is within the boundaries of those four points. Take note of that carefully. Because when we normally go over the decree section, we summarize the understanding of the decree just as those four points. But now going into detail, those four points are only one foundation from the multiple foundations and elements of our belief in the decree. So right now, we're on the first core key element of our belief in the decree. And that is those four points. 
وهذه الأربعة هي مراتب القدر التي أجمع عليها الرسل الكرام وأتباعهم وأطبق عليها أهل السنة والجماعة These four aspects that everything and anything that occurs is bound by within the knowledge of Allah. Everything and everything and anything that occurs is in the writing in the preserved tablet, written down that decree. Everything and anything, it is only by the will of Allah. And everything and anything, it is only by the creation of Allah. Those four are agreed upon by all of the prophets and messengers. Those four points that everything is within the knowledge of Allah, everything is written in the preserved tablet, the writing of the decree, everything is by the will of Allah, and that everything is by the creation of Allah. Those four points are by agreement of all of the messengers, all of the prophets and their followers. And that is what Ahlul Sunnah have traversed upon. The poet has mentioned, there's some poetry that they quote in regards to this or these four elements a famous line of poetry, you can memorize it to remember the four points. عِلْمٌ كِتَابَةُ مَوْلَانَا مَشِيئَتُهُ وَخَلْقُهُ وَهُوَ إِيجَادٌ وَتَكْوِينُ It is just a line of poetry that mentions those four elements. So the first foundation in our belief in the decree is that everything and anything which occurs is under the knowledge of Allah, the writing of that decree, the will of Allah, and the creation of Allah. So now we need to look at those four parts, one by one, in detail. And we are all, all of this detail, we are within the first foundation yet. So the first level, al-martabatul ula al-ilm. The first level of those four points is knowledge of Allah. That the knowledge of Allah encompasses every single thing. Yu'minu ahlu sunnah wal jama'ah anna Allah alima kulla shay'in jumlatan wa tafsila. Ahlul Sunnah, we believe that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has knowledge of absolutely everything, generally, specifically, every detail of everything. Allah's knowledge encompasses it all. Azalan wa abada, from eternity forever, everything, anything, all of it is within the knowledge and known to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. There is absolutely nothing that is hidden from the knowledge of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. لا من أعيان المخلوقات 
neither from the actual creations, physical creations. Nothing is hidden from Allah. As for us, even to this day, they tell you they found a new species of this and a new species of that. But everything from the physical creations, nothing is hidden from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. وَلَا مِنْ أَفْعَالِهَا And neither from what all of those things in creation do. Everything in creation, their actions, what they do, all of that within the knowledge of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. وَلَا مَآلَهَا وَلَا جَزَاؤُهَا and neither is it hidden from Allah. What the end result of all of these creations will be. And what their accountability, their recompense will be. So everything is known to Allah. All of the creation, all of what they do, all of what their end result, when it will be. And what their end result will be, what their recompense will be, for every single being, every single creation, then Allah, His knowledge encompasses all of that. And also, the knowledge of Allah, متعلق بالموجود والمعدوم. وَالْمُمْكِنْ وَالْمُسْتَحِيلِ This we're not going to go into detail with. But generally speaking it says here that Allah's knowledge encompasses everything which exists and even that which does not exist. And everything which is possible and even those things that are actually impossible. Allah's knowledge encompasses it all. A very simplified way, just a brief way to touch upon that. We don't want to delve into that right now. A brief method of mentioning that is that we say Allah's knowledge encompasses everything in the past. Everything which has occurred in the past, Allah's knowledge encompasses it. Allah knows everything that has occurred. Right now in the present, Allah's knowledge encompasses everything in the present. And then, Allah's knowledge encompasses everything to come and to occur in the future. But then on top of that, on top of the knowledge of the past, the present, and the future, everything that happened in the past, everything that is happening in the present, and everything that will happen in the future, on top of all of those happenings, Allah's knowledge encompasses that which did not, and does not, and will not occur. Hypothetically, if it was to occur, Allah knows how and what and all the details of that too. And it's not something which occurred. So it's not only with what occurs that Allah's knowledge encompasses of the past and the present and the future, 
But even the things that do not occur, Allah knows regarding them what would have been and how would have been and details of things that do not even occur, Allah's knowledge encompasses it all. فَهُوَ يَعْلِمْ مَا كَانَ وَمَا يَكُنْ So Allah knows what has happened in the past and what will happen. وَيَعْلَمُ مَا لَمْ يَكُنْ لَوْ كَانَ كَيْفَ يَكُنْ And Allah knows even the things that did not occur. Had they occurred, Allah knows how they would have occurred. And they didn't even occur. Had they occurred, suppose they had occurred, Allah knows how they would have occurred too. So it's not just the knowledge of Allah encompassing what actually occurred in the past, the present and the future. But even the things that don't occur, suppose they occurred, Allah knows how they would have occurred too. So that is the all-encompassing knowledge of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. What are the evidences then? For this first pillar in the belief, in the decree, the pillar of saying that Allah's knowledge encompasses everything within the decree, all of that which occurs. What are the evidences for that? So there are several ayat and a hadith which clearly highlight that point. From amongst them, for example, you can say in Surah Al-Baqarah, an evidence that everybody will know, easy one to remember, where in Ayatul Kursi? يَعْلَمُ مَا بَيْنَ أَيْدِيهِمْ وَمَا خَلْفَهُمْ Allah knows what is before them and behind them, what is to come and what has gone. Allah's knowledge encompasses all of it. يَعْلَمُ مَا بَيْنَ أَيْدِيهِمْ وَمَا خَلْفَهُمْ So this is an evidence of the all-encompassing knowledge of Allah. Similarly, Al-An'am, Ayah 59, وَعِنْدَهُ مَفَاتِحُ الْغَيْبِ لَا يَعْلَمُهَا إِلَّا هُ That he has the keys to the unseen, and nobody knows them except he. وَيَعْلَمُ مَا فِي الْبَرِّ وَالْبَحْرِ وَمَا تَسْقُطُ مِنْ وَرَقَةٍ إِلَّا يَعْلَمُهَا وَلَا حَبَّةٍ فِي ظُلُمَاتِ الْأَرْضِ وَلَا رَطْبٍ وَلَا يَابِسْ إِلَّا فِي كِتَابٍ مُبِينٍ And he knows what is upon the land and the sea, and there is not a leaf that falls except that he knows. Al-Imam Al-Qurtubi and other scholars of tafsir, they mentioned that the meaning of this, that there is not a leaf that falls except that he knows. They said, 
of all of the trees in the world, whenever a leaf falls off any tree on the in the world, any tree anywhere, then Allah knows that leaf has fallen off that tree in that location. And Imam Al-Qurtubi said, Allah knows exactly how long that leaf flutters in the air and where exactly it lands on the ground. That is the knowledge of Allah. The scholars they mention, imagine now how many trees there are just in your, in your area, in your locality. From your house to the masjid, from your house to the school, in your area, in your one, two, three, five mile radius, ten kilometer radius, drive around how many trees will you see? And then you think about your state, your county, your country, how many trees all together in your country? And then how many on your continent? And then how many on all of the continents of the world? Billions and billions of trees. But then how many leaves are there on all of those trees? Again, billions and trillions in fact. Numbers that are beyond your calculators of how many leaves there would be on all of those trees on the face of the earth. Not a single one falls from any tree anywhere in the middle of those rainforests, places where people maybe have not stepped foot in the darkness of them, in the depths of them. A single leaf falls off one of those trees and it is known to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala the leaf that has fallen, how long it fluttered in the air, and where it dropped exactly its location on the ground. That is in Al-An'am 59, in a hadith which also makes mention of this point, that the Prophet wasallam said, مَا مِنْكُمْ مِنْ نَفْسٍ إِلَّا وَقَدْ عَلِمَ مَنْزِلَهَا مِنَ الْجَنَّةِ وَالنَّارِ That there is not a single person from amongst you except that Allah knows your place in paradise or hell. Not a single person. And right now on the face of the earth, they say 7.6 billion or something, the latest figures. And that's just right now. And then everybody in history that has already gone by, and everybody who is yet to come, not a single one except that Allah, subhanahu wa ta'ala, knows your place. In paradise or hell. So these are all narrations and ayat which indicate 
clearly the knowledge of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala even when Allah created mankind, created Adam alayhi salam and the angels, they asked Allah, are they going to be of those who spill the blood and cause corruption as they had seen from the jinn beforehand? Jinn came before humans. So they had seen what the jinn had done. And so they asked Allah regarding mankind and humans. And in those ayat in Al-Baqarah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells them at one stage, إِنِّي أَعْلَمُ مَا لَا تَعْلَمُونَ Indeed I know that which you do not know. Indeed I know that which you do not know. So this is the first stage of the four stages in our belief in the decree. The stage of saying and believing that Allah's knowledge encompasses every single thing. Nothing is hidden from Him in the heavens and the earth. Nothing is hidden from Him in the earth nor in the heavens. That's the first point. Then we have three other points that go with it. And all of those make up the first foundation, the first point regarding the decree. Then we're going to get on to the second foundation later. That's where we'll round off for today. We'll begin with the second point of these four next time. And that is regarding the fact that all of this decree has been written down in the preserved tablet. Any questions up to there? Because this is going to continue yet. So we don't want questions generally about the decree, which are all going to be answered in detail as we go along. Questions relevant to the section as we go along every week, it will keep everybody's understanding clearer. So anything up to that section so far? It is kufr to disbelieve in the decree of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Disbelieving in a pillar of iman, from the pillars of iman. If you disbelieve in the decree, then it means you are disbelieving in the ayat of the Qur'an. You're rejecting the decree of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So that type of rejection and that type of denial... Uh, is rejection of the Qur'an, it is rejection of the ayat of Allah. And so it would be deemed kufr in that statement of Ibn Abbas when it mentioned, uh, or in the statement regarding the deficiency in tawheed, doesn't necessitate there that a person is a believer, but you just don't believe in the decree. That is not from iman at all, to reject and deny the decree. So, we'll stop on that point for today then inshallah ta'ala and we'll continue with the next point in two weeks time then. 
Inshallah ta'ala, revise these sections carefully. Go over the topics we do carefully. Today so far, nothing too complicated yet. But as we go along, there are sections that do become complex in the decree. You have to build up your knowledge of it section by section. If you miss something, you miss one of these earlier lessons, when you get to one of those later ones, it won't make sense because you don't have these foundations. These are all the foundations of understanding the decree properly and accurately. So we'll stop on that for tonight then.